What's up, everyone? Welcome to another college interview on the Splitting Up Rights podcast. Before we get to who we're interviewing today, we're going to take a quick time out and hear from our sponsor, Anchor.fm. Today's interviewee played linebacker at Rhodes College as well at, Co- at Coppell. Elliot Toastrude came on the show and he absolutely wrecked it. Sandy and I had a great time uh, doing this interview. Uh, we had a blast talking about the SAA. I know Sandy really enjoyed it. Although he is a Rhodes guy, we were able to have a good time, put differences aside, and have a real good conversation. So we're happy to bring you guys the episode for Elliot Toastrude. Sandy, go ahead and hit that play button, sir. Walking with my feet ten feet off a beam Walking in Memphis But do you really feel the way I feel? Alright Drew, we got Elliot on. He's a Rhodes guy. We're Hendrix guys. So I don't want to waste any time. We're not going to do any questions of the sort. No 40 time, no bench press, anything. I don't want to waste any time because we got a lot to get to, I think. Uh, as we explained in the intro, Hendrix and Rhodes are big rivals. And there's a lot of history between the two schools, even though we just started in 2013. Mm-hmm. But uh, lots of good stuff there. Drew, I know right off the top, you have something to tell Elliot. Yeah, Elliot, I just want to let you know. So in my freshman year of, of, of college, my first ever start, as I just told you, uh, against Rhodes, one, I had two I, – I got knocked out out twice that game on a oh, I remember on now dude you're bringing it back to me <laughs> I don't remember the exact play call but I know I had to like hit the DN like on like an inside uh-huh. zone and I was uh, it was like a split and I hit my neck and my neck like fro- like I like froze up and I was like oh tough so I got pulled out I get back in later the crazy thing is is a week before we called it um why dump because our OC is not there anymore so it doesn't matter it was called Y dump and it was basically a, a, a Y seam, a little Y delay seam route. Uh-huh. I scored on a 42 year old bomb the, the week before um, against college university or university of Chicago. The next week we run the same, dogs. we run the same play, but this time we have a different quarterback and I don't know the number of the safety. I don't know who it was, but he cleaned my clock. And I just want to let you know, like I was knocked out the rest of the game. I didn't come back, didn't play. It was in the third quarter. And that was probably the last hit that was like the last straw in my career. So I always – I hate Rhodes a little bit more because they they, 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 they they called it quits. I had to wave the white flag after that. Dude, I'll give a shout-out to – I know it was John Dodd, number 23. We called him the Marine. He, he was from uh, – he went to Westlake out, right outside of uh, Round Rock in Austin. Mm-hmm. A lot of dogs come out of there. And number two, I mean, we got a lot to get to in that game. But I don't think that was the worst thing that happened, man. Pretty sure I forced a fumble on on you in that game. No, I did not catch the ball that game. I never got thrown to, but if I did, it is what it is. No big Hell yeah, Elliot. <laughs> Get him, Elliot. Hell yeah. <laughs> Let's just say the road the Rhodes game, I never like to look back on. I made Sandy send me the actual clip of it that I have. I'll actually play it because, you know, you got to laugh at yourself. You got to have a tough oh, time. But he, he did clean my clock. Um, Cause I remember the only thing I remember is I remember running and then the ball was in my hands. And then next thing you know, I was on the ground with my mouthpiece, like hanging off the side of my face. And I was looking up and they're like, I think he was yelling at me or something. And I was like, uh, <laughs> and then I was done. I was done. But um, no. So before you actually out roads, you and I, you're, you're two years older than me, but I saw you play um, your senior year on varsity. Mm-hmm. 
So what I like to ask all my ex-Coppell guys is, um, what does it mean to you? And what did it mean to you to be a, a Texas high school football player? You know, it's the biggest platform for Texas high school football. Um, so what did it mean to you to be a high school football player in the state of Texas? The great question. I, uh, it's hard to put into words, right? So 5A when, when I was there, 6A when you graduated, mm-hmm. um, it is, it's the biggest stage, it's the biggest front. I mean, all 11 of the guys that I graduated with on defense went to play mm-hmm. at the next level. Um, looking back on it, man, it was the absolute toughest, hardest four years that you can imagine, like just trying to get in the spotlight or, or trying to get that starting spot, but wouldn't trade it for anything. First thing that comes to mind, it's the absolute best coaching that you can get. Mm-hmm. You will never be coached the way that you are. I mean, Kirk McBride's my man. Had the opportunity to go to his wedding. Him and I are super close still to this day. He had a baby and got married. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of the day, you will never be – I at, at Rhodes, we didn't play for – we'll wait to get to Rhodes, but we didn't play for the guys in the stands. You're playing for the guys in the locker room, but – our senior year versus Allen, there had to be close to 25,000 people at the game. It's mm-hmm. something, I mean, that doesn't, you can't replicate that atmosphere and that energy, yeah. um, at least at the level that I played at. And I mean, it was unbelievable, man. Yeah. No, I mean, it, it was great. I mean, you, you got an opportunity to play in Cowboy Stadium, I believe. Your, unfortunately, your last game against DeSoto, um, yeah. that, was, that was a crazy game. I remember I didn't actually suit up, but I was on the sideline in sweats. Uh, watching the entire game from the, you know, the from the big screen, screen even though I was on the sideline. Um, <laughs> but I do have to ask about uh, a JLo because you were in school. Uh, what is it? What does a number 21 mean to you? You know, it's still on the hill at Coppell. Um, you know, it's on the locker room whenever you walk out. Um, what, what does JLo and the number 21 mean to you? Man, um, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll never forget that number. And uh, it lives with me and cares with me like the number 34 does. Um, and I mean, JLo, an incredible guy, um, left an impact. I remember the tweet that he had that affected so many people that went viral, you know, something JLo is a guy that you really, you really look for on every single team you really look for in every single atmosphere in every single classroom and to replicate what he had is impossible. And I'm super thankful for the Logan family and, and, the support that Coppell was able to provide and everything. And, you know, at the, at the end of the day, um, it's kind of hard to put into words how much he meant to the school and how much he in, it impacted my junior year of high school. And um, that's all I really say. Yeah. Drew Elliot, Drew always puts me in this tough spot because we, we've talked to quite a few guys who knew uh, JLo and, you know, they have so, so many great things to say about him. And then I've got to come up and follow up with, unfortunately, I, I didn't know him, but I mean, I have to come up and, and follow up with this. Um, but let's, we're going to move on to college now, obviously. So real quick, I'll give you a quick backstory about, so the first time that we went to Rhodes, Drew and I, I remember uh, we were going on the bus when we got to campus, we were on was I think North Parkway and I get a side of Rhodes campus for the first time. And I said, Oh my goodness. I'm really glad I never took a visit here because if I did, I would probably be at Rhodes right now. That campus is amazing. Can you can you talk about the first time that you took a visit to Rhodes? Dude, it blew me away completely. So I in high school I actually wrestled too and I wrestled all through until February. And I definitely think it made me so much of a better football player. Um, but I remember I didn't really think about playing 
sports at the next level until after everybody had already been recruited in like February. Right. So because got coaches were coming in like November, get your film right, get the huddle sent out December, January coaches are coming around it, but I'm at wrestling practice, fourth period. I'm at wrestling practice after school, I'm at wrestling practices. We're meeting every weekend. I didn't have a chance to get looked at by any coaches. I mean, I was still like 180 pounds. There was no shot. I was probably going to get a D2 or a D1 offer, or even double A. But then I remember it took me like a month after school, like in, or not after school, but it was like right after we finished. So like middle of February after state wrestling finals. And then probably middle of March, I like got an itch. I was like, all right, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to be playing the next level. So I really only looked at like three schools for D3. I went up to Sherman for Austin College. And then I went to San Antonio for Trinity. And I was like, Austin College is awesome. Do you remember Connor O? Bradley O was his older brother. Yes. And then O also coached at Coppell. So yeah, Bradley, yeah. he coaches at a uh, junior college right now. But he, and I was super close with Connor's younger brother. Mm-hmm. But he actually, it was like his sixth year. He had like a medical redshirt. But he was at Austin College. And I knew him really well. So I went up there and visited and had that connection. And it was only 45 minutes. So I was like, this could be a great option. And then Trinity, I was like, all right, well, this is a great school, great opportunity, great academics. But then I went out to Rhodes and the campus, the architecture, the education, it really looks like Hogwarts. And I thought that all four years. It, it looks like Hogwarts. And it, man, it was, it's so beautiful every single day. And you live on campus for at least the first two years. Um, and it, it, it was, it was an experience to go there, you know, man, like, just the way that it looked every day coming out of school classes. I mean, it only took seven minutes to walk across campus, but still, I felt super blessed to go there. Uh, You definitely picked the right school. Just to take a shot at Trinity real quick, there is no comparison as to the, you know, the the aesthetics of the campuses. I mean, Trinity's field is, they finally got turf, but that, from where we play, the campus is not great. Since they joined the SAA, I think they joined the SAA right as you were gone, Elliot. Right as you left yeah. them in Sherman. No, 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 no. They did my senior year. Okay. So Trinity and Austin College joined the SA my senior year. So Austin College came to us my senior my senior day, my last game, and then we went out to Trinity. And I got recruited by Coach Urban, their head coach. Mm-hmm. He's still there. Jeremy Urban played for um, – I think he was the, a Cardinals wide receiver for a while. Great, great head coach. But honestly um, – it, 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 it's, it's hard to compare them. You know what I mean? Like the Trinity, it doesn't look the same. <laughs> no, I mean, I'll always be a homer. I mean, I think that our school is very pretty as well. Now, Sewanee, I mean, I, and that's another rivalry, y'all. Sewanee, an in-state rivalry. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that because that's a, you know, you got a historic cup oh, yeah, that you got for. Um, Sewanee, and Sewanee is a founding member of the SEC. There is a lot of history in Sewanee that if anyone's listening to the show and doesn't know what I'm talking about, Go and research Sewanee because they have been voted by several football historians. They have a team that is considered the greatest football team of all time. Now, that's subjective, but what they did back in history, they went on a run where they played five games in six days. It's amazing what they did. But, you know, enough about Sewanee because they almost – I think they may have gone winless last year. They have not been very good recently. But I do like their coach. He's kind of cool. Um, so, but I want to ask you, you don't you get me started about Swanee, dude. Uh, well, we will, we will. So we don't played them every single year since 1899. My four years, we won all four years. I got a, mm-hmm. I got four medallions to prove it. I'll show y'all. But <laughs> nice. it's your question, man. We'll, we'll jump to them. But 
Uh, I don't have anything nice to say about him. <laughs> Dude, I freaking love it. I mean, how many times, Drew, can we sit down and talk SAA football, the best football there is in the country? You can't, we can't do that often. So. I, don't, I don't know about the best, but it is no. definitely a competitive. Well, a, a it's competitive the best. Conference. No one knows about it. No one knows about the SAA. You, <laughs> the, just have to, you, you, you were only there for a year, Drew. You don't know. Maybe. You don't know. Yeah. Ellie and I, we were there for all four years. We know about Absolutely. this. Y'all get it. Y'all get it. Yeah. We will. Um, but you mentioned something, Elliot. You know, you're coming from Capel. So, obviously, Capel is greater than what we're, I'm used to where I'm from. But where I'm from, my high school is, is top tier. And we, we sent out a lot of guys that go to Division One schools, lots of SEC running backs and stuff. Um, but so for you and I, we're coming from these schools that produce a lot of Division One players, but, you know, we're in, we're in D3. It's kind of like, was there any sense of pride where you're like, damn, man, I'm, I'm kind of going D3 while all these guys are going Division One? Oh, my God, absolutely. Well, I mean, I remember at first, I won't name any names, but I remember there was a couple of guys that I was you know, I was working out with or I was getting ready my senior year of high school, and I let them know, hey, I'm going to go to Rhodes. Like, I committed. Like, with D3, uh, I never really understood the signing day because what are you signing? We're not you're, – you're, you're getting a scholarship for academics. You're not getting a scholarship to come here for your athletic abilities. So yeah. what, what's the point of the signing day in general? But having the D3 pride, man, uh, D3 means the world to me, right? Because the guys that you're playing with are the guys that want to be there. They don't have to be there. And the guys that stick it out with you all four years, and, yes, that's a notch on you, Drew. Like, <laughs> like honestly, so I, we started with, I think, I think it was 45, 47 guys my freshman year, ended mm -hmm. with 13. Sandy, I know you, you got yeah, a small amount that you probably graduated with too, right? The same way. It's the same way here. Yeah, but those 13 guys, I know you still got a group message with them. I know you got the group me going. I like these are the guys that to this day, I mean, it's the day that I die are going to be my best friends. And you don't have I I I can't speak to the way that it was in D2 or or D1, AA, but um just have it being a D3 football player, like some people can be like, oh, what 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 division was that? Was Rhodes D1? I'm like, no, like we were D3, but I always said it and wore my jersey on my chest and represented it proudly because it's still college football, right? Like we yeah, got yeah. after it. <laughs> no, 100%. I mean, they can't, they can't take that away from you that it is college football at the end of the day. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Dude. I mean, it's good football. And, and y'all can attest to this, man. Like the, you don't get – we're not having TV timeouts. Mm -hmm. So – the pace of the game, especially when you're playing a school like Hendricks, where you're trying to run a hurry-up offense, practice all week is brutal for it, but then there's no timeout breaks and there's no TV breaks. Well, there's timeouts, but there's not a lot of time in between plays. Mm -hmm. So guys can get really worn out really quick, and the speed of the game is pretty quick too. You, Elliot, you hit on so many things that we pride ourselves on. You're, you're talking about it like the first day of fall camp, our coach tells us, tells the freshmen, you know, the men that came in with you are the men that will be by your side at your wedding day. They'll be the, they'll be the people that your son, your daughter looks up to is, you know, uncles and stuff, your friends, they'll be the ones carrying your casket. And, and that's something we stress. And you're right. You know, we don't know how it is at division one and division two, but I don't think the relationships are necessarily the same. Like the relationship I have with my head coach, I think would be very hard to replicate at the division one level, division two level for so many reasons. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you hit on so much of it. Can you talk about more? I mean, one thing my dad likes to tell people when we're trying to recruit them to come to Hendricks games is 
it's real football. Like it's, there's nothing else. There's no pomp and circumstance to it. There's student athletes who are playing football. You know, they're paying to go to school, no scholarships. They're there because they simply love the game. Like, can you talk a little more about that? Yeah, no, absolutely, man. I, I, I got you hundred percent. And I mean, to be honest, it's super dang competitive. Right. Yes. Like, so yes. we, and, and I really loved our traveling too. We would, fly out to Pomona Pitzer twice a year out in LA. We'd bust up to University of Chicago. We'd go play Wash U in St. Louis. And then, you know, we're playing Barry going out to Rome. We're going um, Danville, middle of nowhere, Kentucky, right? I up swear. The hated mountain up to Swanee. Like, wow. We get, First of all, we get a really robust amount of schools and um, air places that we were going to, we we're getting a fantastic education and the fact that it's super competitive and we treated it like it was a full-time job on top of going to school and trying to get everything else together in life. Right. But at the end of the day, I wouldn't have changed a single thing about it. And it gave me a really solid foundation to be able to step into like the working force and be able to like football carries into every single aspect of life. It doesn't matter what, it doesn't matter if you're playing flag football. It, I mean, it doesn't matter if you're playing uh, D3, D2 in college, whether it's NAIA, it, it's all the same, dude. And I mean, I'm watching, uh, have y'all seen the new season of Last Chance U? This is by far the best season that there is. <laughs> And, that's, and, and it's Juco, right? And it's different. They're, they're only there for two years and they're trying to make it to the next level. So it, it, football is, it, it transpires and it, it teaches you life lessons every day, man. And I wouldn't trade that for anything. For sure. That's the truth. I would tell this to anyone, you know, I'm actually going to speak to recruits uh, in a few days and I right. would always tell them this. You, you have so many grand aspirations as a kid growing up about where you're going to play. Uh, you know, you're going to go to your division one school that you've always cheered for, be this player and this and that all these grand aspirations. I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt, I would not change anything about my experiences playing college because I met my best friends, like you said you did. The, oh, yeah. the head coach I played for, I wouldn't trade any of it. I'm, I've loved my time. And again, it's, if you love the game, it doesn't matter where you play it, you play the game. And that's what we did. And I think I'm very, of all the people in my class that got to go on and play college, I think I'm the luckiest one. I really do. I, I, to this day, I'll swear by that. I love my time in Division Three, but uh, I, I want to get into it, Elliot. I want to get into some talk. Go, so, <laughs> so I missed out my freshman. You are you're one year older than I am, so I missed out on your freshman year. Can you kind of what did y'all? What was your freshman year like? First of all, what was fall camp like? We love talking about fall camp. Oh yeah, my freshman year fall camp, or just in general for four years. What's definitely that? the definitely the freshman year fall camp, but just fall experience. camp in general. Yeah. Yes, dude. Fall well, as a freshman, you really don't know what to expect, right? So you're coming in, you're 18, 19 year old kid, and you're trying to compare it to your high school experience. The best thing about playing Texas high school football is you really are prepared really well. I mean, out on the on the heat with the McBrides, 110, 120 degrees, and they would have us in, I mean, four, six hour sessions for the whole month getting ready for classes, right? So on that aspect, it, it got me right. And then the coaching level, the coaching level in high school compared to where I was, um, it definitely set apart and got me ready for fall camp. But honestly, I mean, it, it completely knocked my socks off getting ready. Yeah. <laughs> so we get in, right? And so we had our coach, who's now the head coach at Milk and Dan Gritty, uh, was the head coach in my first two years at Rhodes. So when we got in, they were just coming off of a conference championship. They had tied the conference with Millsaps. So 
and we can get in a Millsap play. <laughs> so they had tied the conference, and that's how we sold the whole class that I was in. We're coming off a conference championship. Um, we are going to take the conference for our own this year, and we're going to come in and, and kick butt and take names, right? So um, it, it, it was completely brutal. The, 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 the regimented schedules starting at 8 a.m., going until 7 p.m. at night, the playbooks, um, the, the workouts after practice, like working out in, the, in like the sweaty clothes after practice, completely brutal. And then the Memphis heat, it's the dry heat. It's not as bad as Dallas, but it's tough. And I just remember thinking, our legs aren't going to make this. We can't do this for 13, 14 days in a row. And we get the pool workouts in. The guys were, the guys were tired. Guys were complaining. Guys were hurting. Um, and I just remember it being – and our freshman year of camp was by, by far the worst. But coming out of it, that season we went 8-2. and two, And it was the toughest year of camp. But we also were the most successful. And those two are directly correlated 100%. Um, but looking back on it, even my boys to this day say that freshman year camp in 15, that was, that was, that was tough. <laughs> well, I mean, you're one, you're, you're one of the last of a dying breed. You and I are like two the last college football players in the country who have done two a days. Did y'all do two a days? Yeah, we did two a days. Um, or we would, it, he would vary it from every other day. Right. So we would have like either one day we would go out and have a practice in the morning and then go out and do a walkthrough. And, and then the next day would be a walkthrough. We would still have our pads on. And so that would be the consider the two a day. But then the next day we would just have a super long extended practice and the practices were upbeat, high tempo. And then we would always have, especially during fall camp, like the competition period where, whether it was uh, like Oklahoma drill in the middle and we would still do it like, and because they're in fall camp, we'd even end practices on like real life scrimmages, just kind of get the guys ready for what was coming and then tone it down during the season. But man, it was brutal. It, it was, it was totally brutal, but looking back on it, we wouldn't have had it any other way. We need to go ahead and move on, Drew, to the game that we you were talking about earlier, the one where yeah. you got injured. So to give the listeners a backstory to this game, uh, we are the ones that are coming off of a conference championship. Uh, Drew's freshman year, so he's kind of like in Elliott's shoes. You know, you, you want to win the championship for yourself. Mm-hmm. We go into that game. We are, let's see, we were seven and one. We had lost to Barry, who actually went on to win the conference. Um, but – Again, we only have one loss at the time, and we get into a shootout with Rhodes, man. I mean, it is, it is something. And, well, I want to ask you about this certain player in just a second. You probably – if I'm talking Hendricks offense, I think you know which player I'm talking about. Dayton Wynn, huh? Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that guy. That guy. But y'all, y'all beat us in a shootout, and we're shocked. I mean, y'all were a good team, but we thought we were going to win that game. We beat Wash U next week, and then we beat uh, Sewanee, and we're right there with Barry – you know, playing yeah. in the playoffs. But you guys ended our season effectively right there in that shootout game. Uh, I know you want to talk about what happened, your your memorable stand. Oh, yeah. But oh, before yeah. we do that, can you talk about your four years playing against the best football player I've ever played with? That's kind of relative, but we all know he's a Hendricks legend, Dayton Wynn. Yeah, dude. I mean, I'm not surprised that he's still playing in Europe right now. He was the, he was, we always, our mind was blown because the dude would come in with like ankle socks on. We were like, how is he so shifty wearing these ankle socks? Nobody could tackle him, 
right? So he was 145, maybe a buck 50 soaking wet. So elusive, so fast. I mean, the guy ran for like 300 yards that day. I remember, so I got the date written down. It's October 29th, 2017. And Dade Wynn just completely went off on us. He had like four touchdowns. I mean, he, we would talk about him uh, every, every year. We would talk about – we would bring him up in the offseason, getting ready for Dayton win. Remind me of y'all, y'all's quarterback name, number three. Seth Peters. Oh, and he's playing in Europe too right now, right? Yes. Yeah, he, ju- he just won like a, their Super Bowl. The or Maple Bowl in Finland. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I got, a, I got a Seth Peters story. He's a dog. He's yes. a dog. All right, I, I'll, I'll tell it. I'll tell it first. I, I'm jumping into it, guys. I can't wait. <laughs> Let's right, go. So, I love it. All right, so Seth Peters. So uh, I didn't start my freshman year at Rhodes, but I had the opportunity to start my last 30 games at Rhodes, my sophomore, my junior, and my senior season. And I had the opportunity to be a leader at Rhodes too, uh, a captain my junior and uh, senior year. But uh, by far on the field, my most memorable, thinking back on, I still wake up in the middle of night dreaming about this, right? So we're it's my junior year and we're playing um, – or no, it's my sophomore year, and we're playing. I got. I got to give the prequel here. So it's my sophomore year, and we're playing at Hendricks, and it's a night game, right? So Seth Peters, Dayton Winter out there, and then it's it. My first season starting. It's a like game six or seven in the season, and two not two times, three times in this game, Seth Peters ran, and I'm not going to use the correct football terminology of this, but. It was like the quarterback, like it was like the read option, right? Mm-hmm. And so he's shuffling with Dayton Wynn back there, and he's got the ball, and it's like the, he's he can take it and strip it right up the middle, or he can give it to Dayton Wynn, and he can take it around the edge or whatever. And so there was two different times where I was playing for quarterback, right, being a middle linebacker, and I had the quarterback on the draw up the middle. And there were two times he would held it, held it, held it, and then stripped it and went up right up the middle on me, and he scored on me two to three times in the game. And I remember that next Sunday, I just got eaten alive by our inside linebackers coach, just screaming, Elliot, I told you this. Elliot, I told you this. We watched film all week. You knew he was going to do this. And in the exact moment in that game, my junior year, that the first one that you started in, mm-hmm. it was the goal line stand. And Seth Peters and the OC, I know I know the OC remembers it because he, he called the exact same play on the goal line. And so he, Seth Peters, he held it, he held it, went up right up the middle, and I just waited. And I waited, I waited for it, and then just got him right in the middle. And then Pat West, number 93, knocked the ball out, and it was tipped up in the air. And it could have been a touchdown, right? If it was mm-hmm. instant replay, <laughs> some guys on our team were like, we didn't really know if the ball crossed over the goal line. We were like, oh, my God, it was so close. But somehow, big, big Pat West from Mandeville, Louisiana, knocked the ball up, and then Duke Shirell – number 16 and Duke and I started together three years absolutely mm-hmm. from Atlanta recovered the football and then it, from then on we only had one more series and then that was the game I mean that that moment it, it's hard to forget something like that that was stunning because we had a we actually averaged 600.1 yards of offense that year it was a record yeah. across all divisions and for y'all to hold us there it was just like stunning it took the air out of us it was amazing I, and, and all credit goes to you guys of course but yeah. we're just like, damn, man, like, what the just yeah. happened? And we had a shot at the very end, but uh, y'all held us on downs. Yeah, I think so. So well, no, Duke Duke came around the edge, and that was when one of the players broke his leg. Do you all remember that? Yes, yeah. So Trim Duke Milton, came yeah. around the edge with the sack, and then one-year-old lineman went down. Two, two thoughts real quick. 
y'all had some huge O-linemen that year. Dudes were beefy, like 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, like 350 at least. I got clocked. Guy, guys still sent me on Snapchat the other day of a video of me getting clocked on that very same series. And then also, I remember a little bit disrespectful. It was our homecoming game too, right? And we won 55-54. Mm-hmm. But then y'all brought out those orange jerseys on us. Y'all brought out the Halloween jerseys and we're like, all right, yeah, we're not going <laughs> to forget that. <laughs> yeah I, I i remember those jerseys i i i never was a fan of the color orange um but i did not like the whole orange thing but they they loved it there um yeah so I, it's crazy to think that you just to talk about Dayton a little bit you and i went to big 6a school sandy mentioned he like charles west brandon rice gavin mcdaniel cam these are guys that are like playing you know division one they're going to juco's you know, hopefully to go to division one later on. Like these are guys that are just great running backs. Like Dayton Wynn is, is up there as the type of guy, like, and you think of how easy the job it was for myself and those all linemen, all you gotta do is hold your block for two seconds and, and he just needs an opening and he's gone. So, and then there's a guy, I don't know if you know him. His name is Nate Hodat. He was number 81. He played slot receiver for Hendricks. He was, uh, he would have, I think he, he came in the same time you actually. Um, he was a baller. He was a guy that was like a Hunter Renfro guy who I was just like, man, like these guys are crazy, crazy good. Uh, and I can't believe they're playing on, on Saturdays at a Division three level. Um, they should be playing somewhere else. And Hendricks, or not Hendricks, excuse me, Rhodes had some of those guys too. Um, I remember scouting you guys, obviously, watching film. Like, you guys had some studs on defense. And like you said, the, the guy who killed me over the middle, like, that, that, was, a, that was a Division one hit, dude. <laughs> oh, my God. Absolutely. Well, that's the thing about D3, man. Like, a lot of guys, they want the really good education. And then some of them don't even realize it, but they get to school. They're like, I can play football here? Are you kidding me? And it's, it's – at the end of the day, it's a huge blessing in disguise because D3 sneaks in a lot of D1 athletes, right? And so the level of talent is surprisingly really high, and it's not easy to go on the field. Um, but and, – and, and I always think about it, like, up north. Like, there's not really D2 schools up mm-hmm. north a ton. Yeah. Um, but it's like you either got the D1 programs and then you got like Wisconsin Whitewater, right? Or you got mm-hmm. like, and you got those, those big dogs up there too. So it's weird talking about Whitewater and Union because there's such a disparity. Like, you obviously are, you, you're, we're all athletes, we're all competitive, but it's kind of like if we ever got to play a game against Union or Whitewater, it's kind of like you go into that game knowing you're going to lose almost. I mean, now, yeah. Barry, one year I mean I thought would have gave him the most respectable game center was I think center your senior year also had a decent run in the playoffs but we just it's hard to compete with those guys the size man is amazing and and you're not even talking about the the school in Texas um correct me if I'm wrong Sandy Mary Harden Baylor is Yep, the Division Two program that's playing Division Three football. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. What's What's crazy about Mary and Baylor? So my dad went there, mm-hmm. in the uh, I think he graduated like '84, and then he played golf there, and then now he's a trustee and donated to the stadium and everything as well. Um, and so we've been, we've been up there, and he knows the president really well. So we've got to go to a few of the games, mm-hmm. and he goes to most of the games now that I'm playing not playing at Rhodes anymore. And I see those guys, and I'm like, they're bringing in 120 kids in a class and they're doing it differently like they got it going on and that's and they play hard smash mouth football 
that I mean, it's it's the best kind of football there there is in Texas. I mean, those guys got it. And and Rhodes, if we had to play them, they actually played Barry. And I went to a game Marion Baylor or Marion Baylor versus Barry, and Barry got smacked around a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like we all knew what was going to happen. It, it, oh, dude, I think they put I mean, seventy on them. I'm pretty sure yeah, they did. But dude, don't remind me. Y'all put a 70 burger on us my senior year. Well, you brought it up. I didn't bring <laughs> oh it up. You brought it up. That was, yeah, dude, we, it was it was terrible. Who remind me of the name of y'all's y'all's new quarterback after Seth Peters? Miles Thompson. Unbelievable. Oh my God. He was such a good quarterback. And he knew how to use his weapons too. So I had a bunch of family go to the game because I had a bunch of family that still lived in Little Rock at the time. Um, and they, it, they came out and watched and I had a bunch of friends come down from Fayetteville for the game too. Like, yo, we haven't seen E play a game yet. Like gotta come down. Um, and it was brutal, man. I, I was so embarrassed. Like y'all hung a 70 burger on us. There was not by halftime. It, it, y'all had already put up like 45 and offense couldn't get anything going. And I mean, this is one of those, it was just one of those nights you, you, we laugh about today, but you want to forget in the moment, you know, at the end of the day, it's just another game though. It's weird. Like I remember all my games against Rhodes uh, because of moments. I, I, y'all took a kickback in that game. On that's the only time I think I've had a. Yeah, that's the only time I ever had a kick taken back was against Rhodes. Uh, with Miles, we kind of knew what we had. None. I don't think anyone else in the conference knew what we had. But uh, your junior year, Seth Peters uh, had the flu and couldn't pull a Jordan. He couldn't go against Chicago. So we bring in Miles. Well, Miles only goes and throws for 500 yards. <laughs> I mean, against against Chicago, which is a good team, and oh, we're like, no, oh Chicago's my god, a great team. Um, no, they they were they were the real deal. Um, and I, I and I remember we were scouting Miles Thompson. I I think we I remember seeing the stats from that game, and we were just like, this is gonna be tough when he, we play him next year. And it was. I mean, it, he he he's a baller. No, we, I mean, we always talk about how if he was a little bit taller, uh, he wouldn't be playing for, he wouldn't have played for Hendricks. You know, he, he would be at a division one level. Um, and I always give him crap. So if he hears this, you know, I might have to clip it. I, I always tell him I'm the reason why he broke the record for, for one season because that catch, like I told you earlier for Chicago, uh, was actually the catch that broke the record for him. It happened, I think, in the fourth uh, quarter. And so I, awesome. I, I broke the record. And the next year he goes and breaks it again. So it's, like, not that big of a deal. But uh, I always give him crap for that. But he, he's just a couple inches away from, from playing D1 ball for sure. Yeah. Um, Y'all to remember my man, PJ Settles, though. Oh, I know you boy. Six. He, he was a loose. Yes. And he, he actually – before the COVID stuff was playing with, um, I think it was a arena league as well, Music City up in Nashville. He is a great quarterback. I mean, the guy, the guy really could get around and move. He was a double threat, obviously, and and it carried us a lot of games. Yeah, he he was fun to play with. And no, we, yeah, we scouted the hell out of PJ. We all knew him by his first name, man, because we knew <laughs> what he could do to you. I mean, he, you're right. He could single-handedly win you guys games and. Um, I remember my the year after you graduated, Elliot. We were we went through a bad bad season where we had Miles went down injured and stuff. But Rhodes was the only conference game we won that year. We showed up and played Rhodes and we beat him. But just the whole talk was, dude, PJ settles, man. I mean, he can kill you. So that was kind of the game plan going into it was just stop him. And you're right. I mean, PJ, Miles, Seth, these are all testament to. 
just little size differences here and there. These guys could easily – they've got the intangibles. They've got the arm, the accuracy, the ability to read the game. They could play at a Division One level. It's just they lack a little bit of speed and size here and there. They're not that far away. It's great football. Yeah. Well, and a, a big thing is, too, like when you're 18, 19, you're not really developed all the way yet, right? Mm-hmm. So you get into college, and then you get on the meal plan, and guys get big, and they're hitting the weight room – the strength and conditioning guys and like you really grow a lot and you're like, all right, my junior year, like it could have been a little bit different. Right. But you're blessed where you are. And I wouldn't have changed it at all. Like I was so glad where I ended up. No, I mean, that's the truth. I want to move on away from Hendrix obviously, because you know, we're, we're rivals, but unfortunately you guys have another rival, one that's bigger than ours. A lot of history, as you mentioned, it's Sewanee. You probably don't even like saying their name. But there's a lot of history there, so take us through it. Explain this this thing you guys got going on with Sewanee. Yeah, I got to show you this thing real quick, right? So had this framed. My mom framed this thing, right? So it's our four Sewanee medallions. So we have played them every year since 1899. My four years, we went undefeated. We had like a six or seven winning streak against them. Man, it's it's no joke. We have alumni coming back from 30, 40, 50 years to come and talk to us about this game, how much it means to them, how much it means to the city of Memphis, how much it meant to Rhodes before it was Rhodes when it was Southwestern University. And it's a rivalry that, I mean, besides Auburn, Alabama, it's the number two, I mean, hard to keep. <laughs> it's, it's the number two longest standing rivalry in college football, which is unbelievable. And the old alumni would come back and say to us, doesn't matter if you go one and nine this season. If you beat Swanee, then the season's a W, right? And no no offense here, we always thought the rivalry against Hendricks was kind of a joke because y'all, the, the football, you just started football with Barry like in 2013. And so we're like, yeah, we, we enjoy playing y'all and it's super competitive, but it doesn't stand a chance against against the mountain school. I mean, even when it would come up, excuse me, we wouldn't even we wouldn't even say that we were playing Swanee. We would say the mountain school, and it was a mentality the entire week. And the seniors would talk to. We would break down at the start of every practice, um, watching film with the whole team. And each one of the seniors would get up and say what it means to them to play this game and to say what it's say what it's meant to them to watch the seniors play this game the last three years and how important it was for them to win this game. And that's something that, I mean, you, it doesn't, it doesn't leave you. <laughs> no, it, I mean, I, no offense taken. Obviously we get it because we just started football. I mean, the geography helps us kind of play it into a rivalry. We recruit a lot of the same area because oh, yeah. Rhodes recruits a little rock very heavily. And I told you this before the show, Elliot, that I think Rhodes gets more players than a little rock than we do. So, Yep. Oh, yeah, we recruit a lot of the same territory in the sense in Arkansas. So there's a little bit of that there, but, and we're only two hours apart, but I mean, yeah, we, we, we do understand why it's not like a real rivalry. It's just, it's kind of like Arkansas in the SEC doesn't have a real rivalry. Like we have a trophy with LSU, but LSU doesn't consider us their main rival, obviously. And we don't, it's like, we don't really have a place to fit in. And Hendricks is kind of the same way. We're still trying to find our place to fit in. But for now, we're okay with beating y'all every year, for sure. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Hey, man, I'll never forget that, that 70 burger laid on us, man. That, was wow. that left a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah, <laughs> that, goal, that goal line stand, man, well, everyone still talks about it to this day. Um, but that game with Sewanee, forgive me if I'm wrong, but it's called the Oracle Cup. 
Yes, the Orville Cup, man. And what was awesome was that every year after the game, we held it. We held it all four years, so we would hold it up, and then after we would all go out and drink together, and then we would fill up the cup with whatever everybody was drinking, and the whole team would take turns drinking out of the cup. Man, it was. It was super memorable, man. I mean, you can't replicate that. <laughs> Dude, that's – gosh, that's one thing I definitely wish we had. So, let's do a little compare and contrast here. Drew, will you tell Elliot about the trophy that we play for? Uh, I don't – do y'all even play for it anymore? I mean – Was it just a one-year one thing? We're okay, not giving so, it up, but – Yeah, so so my freshman year, we played Lyon College, which is an NAIA school, and it, it was the first year that it was played, right, Sandy? And um, we played for a Godzilla dressed in a um, shoot. What is it? A kilt. A kilt. Yeah, with and a kilt with like a bag with bagpipes, and that's the trophy we played for. Uh, and apparently, and Sandy knows more of the backstory than I do. I just was confused why we were playing for this trophy. Yeah. So our president at the time was a leading scholar in, and no joke. I mean, this is real, academia and all that. Leading scholar in Godzilla in Japanese culture because he's Japanese, uh, and but that's his area of study his emphasis so he's fascinated with godzilla we had godzilla themed days in the cafeteria sometimes and all this stuff we had an inflatable godzilla monster just to placate him but they're the lion scots they're in batesville arkansas which is just a few hours north of us and they got the idea of hey you know Rhodes doesn't consider us our rival let's do this in-state thing with lion let's get this thing going so we have godzilla on their side they're the lion scots so we combine the two together to make this trophy. And honestly, no one really likes it. It's kind of like, we, we just keep it up in the press. Like, I, I will ask my coach anytime I see him, hey, where's Scott Zilla? He's like, I don't know. Like, it would be left in the equipment room. No one knew where it was. Sometimes it would be in the press box because no one really cared. It's not like we're giving it back to him. We're never going to lose to him, although they are getting better. Um, but that's, that's kind of the difference between us and Rhodes is we have this trophy that no one cares about. And then you have this trophy, the Oracle Cup, which is – freaking awesome and you guys get the drink out of it. it's like the stanley cup 2.0 i love it oh my god dude it, I mean, the, the war stories that came out of that cup are unbelievable <laughs> i bet so one thing about sawanya though that we can't deny now you'll all you'll go to your grave saying Rhodes is the prettiest campus in the saa honestly from an objective standpoint hard to argue with that i'll still i'll go to my grave saying hendrix but if we're talking outside of it I have to tell you, I think it's unanimous. Sewanee does have the prettiest campus that's not named Hendrix or Rhodes. I don't know, dude. Are you going to say Barry? Hot debate because uh, I thought Rome was beautiful. Rome, Georgia, where Barry was. And then Daneville, they had so much land. And then shout out to Micah Moreland, who was two years above me or below me at Rhodes. His dad is actually, we call him Dean Moreland. He's actually the president of Center now as well. So we got a little connection to the colonels. Um, I, I don't know. It, it, the, the school up on the mountain, it's hard for me to, to think any, anything good about them. It, it was pretty. And, like, so let me tell you all a quick Swanee story. So my junior year, we uh, were playing at Swanee. And I know I know you'll you'll think about this, Sandy, when you're playing and they're, they, they've got these uh, stairs that go up to the away locker room. And so it's actually connected to their home locker room as well. So at halftime, we go out and they actually have to let the home team walk through um, like this little gateway to get to walk to where the field is. Right. And so the refs are like the whole team is lined up on this staircase, like five or six stair flights. 
and we're waiting for all the Swanee players to walk out. So they start walking out and we were beating them. We were beating them bad. And so the refs kind of like start, wait, hold up, like back the guys up. And we started barking like dogs. Oh, oh, oh. Like we were barking at them. And soon, soon after all hundred guys that came um, were barking up a storm as they were walking through. It's like, they won't forget that one. <laughs> It's unforgettable playing at Sewanee because, you, yeah, you make that long walk. You go through that little bridge that uh, goes over this little ravine and stuff. And once you get there, it's kind of like you're sheltered in this forest almost. You have all the trees in the background. The, the stadium has so much history to it. I mean, there are a lot of great teams that have played on that field with them being a founding member of the SEC. There's a lot of history. That's why it's kind of like kind of special to me. I mean, it's a, it's a pretty backdrop. But you do mention two other teams, Barry and Center. But, yeah. uh, dude, for sure. No, the, the way that it's set up in Sewanee – is uh, I can see where the two big rivals in the conference, where it would not be a very good uh, happening of events. Well, and Sandy, you just you just set him up for failure. You, you're over here saying Swanee's the prettiest. Like he's not. He like he said, he's not going to say anything good about Swanee. Uh, <laughs> he's going to find uh, everything. No, no you know, Rhodes, Rhodes is a great academic school. They pride themselves on their academics, and they put out a bunch of great students. I was hoping that he could be objective for once. But I do oh, – he throws no. out two schools that would compete for that title as well. Sandy, I, I will accept his answers. His friends are going to listen to this and clip it, and then he's going to – oh, he said something good about Swanee. He, he, can't, he can't have that. No. He did no a good way, job. Man. No, he didn't. He well, they wouldn't say anything good about Rhodes either. I mean, that's how – it really is that deep-seated. And the fact that we never lost my four years there, I mean, I'll always hold on to that. Um, and we actually lost the year after too, so – them boys that's another story though they they did get but there was a stretch where they yeah because they beat us that same year that they beat y'all and they were getting a lot better and then for whatever reason they just tanked this past year and i'm pretty sure they went winless again because they went winless your junior year and we were the ones that put the nail in the coffin because they were 0-9 beat them two years later boom beat them again to make them winless um let's talk let's see barry college and center college for the listeners who don't know, those are the two schools that have predominantly done the most damage since Elliot and I have been there. Trinity made a push. BSC, Birmingham Southern College was pretty good this past year. But uh, let's talk about Rome, Georgia. Elliot, they have uh, the biggest stadium, I would say, in the SAA. And what it's like to play there, it's kind of like being in the middle of a cow pasture. Even though their campus is actually pretty big, it's a good school. But they have the coolest name for their stadium. What is it, Elliot? Oh, man, I don't even know. I can't even think of it. What it's is called it? Valhalla. Val- oh, that makes me think of Halo 3, man. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about, Valhalla? <laughs> <laughs> They're the Barry the College games. Vikings. Yep. Used to tear those up. Yeah, the, the Vikings are nasty. Like, every year we knew that the toughest game's going in. Like, the, the thing with the SAA was that there was no blow-off games. I mean, I thought BSC, like, was a momentum game. If you could get up on them, they weren't really going to come back. But otherwise, every single game was a shootout. And then my senior year, when we had Austin College and Trinity, like that's just replacing great teams with uh, with just as good of teams. Like th- those guys were playing. Um, I've got I've got some pretty fond memories of my of my Barry days. There there was there were always some really nasty hits. But my junior year, we were a two and zero thinking thinking we were going to have an amazing season, just got the new head coach, Jim Ryan. And they it was the third game of the season, and we were actually playing at home. And something was up with our secondary that day. Their quarterback was just tossing it over. I remember I was being, 
about four and a half, five yards back in my linebacker stance, I would drop back, oh, wait, another pass. And I'd just be looking at the ball just sailing over my head. They had Chris Lilly, number three, was their wide receiver. He, I mean, I would think that he would compete for an NFL spot. I, he might be on a roster. Um, unbelievable. They had some wide receivers. They had, uh, I think, number 84. Um, they had they had some dudes, and they were hard to compete with. I mean, it doesn't matter who you kind of put them out there with. But our, our front six held up real tight against them, and you knew it was always going to be a, a hard smash mouth downhill game with them. So always enjoyed playing them. Yeah, uh, this guy would be two years younger than you, but they did have a receiver who actually did go on and make it to a uh, practice squad. His name is Mason Kinsey. Oh, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, number yeah, yeah. 12. That's, okay. That That's dude. That's what I was thinking of then. Man, that guy. Because we had – Drew mentioned Nate Hodap. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mason was a very similar player to him. And he, he, he literally did single-handedly beat us this past year, man. That mother – he's good. He made it onto the Titans uh, practice squad, I believe. So they do. They have some great players, and and they were always very physical too. Very well coached team. They never beat themselves. They were so sound. Center could light you up, man. They had an offense that could go. They've had some dominant teams. You know, you'd always check the score whenever Barry was playing center. You wanted to see who would win that game. But I, I just remember those two being very good. Uh, well, well, Sandy, before before we move on from Barry and center, Elliot, did you ever play Trinity High School when you were at Coppell? Yeah. Oof. Um, actually, I don't think so. Trinity High School, I remember uh, they were in a EULA. Are you talking about yeah, Trinity? Yeah, okay. Trinity. So, this is about when you were in early middle school, but do you remember that game? Mm-hmm. Came again, yeah. they played. Yeah, so that game, that was like the fourth round of the playoffs. Coppa would have taken state that year. Yeah. We, we beat DeSoto. I don't know. Nobody was beating Kyler Murray, though, right? No, like, no. Yeah. No way. <laughs> Coppa should have got Kyler Murray. That, yeah, that, yeah. that would have been awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he, he was like, but the reason why I ask is so I played Trinity my junior and senior year. We were actually in their district, got to play South Lake, our rivals. Um, but I remember after that game how beat up I was and how everyone was. And every time, and like, I only saw Barry play once, but the one time I like played, like, I saw how beat up everyone was. And you guys are talking about how physical they were. Like, it was in my eyes, it was the exact same. Barry and Trinity were like, now Trinity had some, some, some dudes that were just 300 but can move like at a four six um but they were like very similar in how they played physical so I want to ask you um like was Barry the toughest game you had to play in your like well not just one game but over your entire career was Barry the toughest opponent you ever had to play in the SAA Uh, you know um I will say this I remember the two toughest games that I played in um, one was because of a concussion and which, and then the other one was, I'll go into both of them real quick. So first game, my sophomore year versus, and I was still like my junior and senior year, like my junior year, I was close to like 215 and my senior year, I was like a little bit closer to 230. I don't know, that might be a boost, but it, my sophomore year, I was still pretty skinny. Right. And so we played Wash U and Wash U my sophomore year had two tight ends, like number 96 and number 95 and these dudes like 280 and their o-line was absolutely brutal so they that game my sophomore year we got completely manhandled by them just tossed around like wrong like ragdoll nobody said a word the whole ride home it was brutal and uh but looking back on it's funny and then my sophomore year i was telling you all about that hendrix game there was a play my hendrix game where um it was the it was the worst concussion i 
bad. So I, I remember coming down and I, and I, I, it was like a bubble screen and I like, what was, it was a trips, like trips, right. And so I was bumped out in between the three receiver and they bubbled it to the number one guy. And I got to the bubble in time. And like, I came down and hit him with the crown of my head. And then I remember thinking, Oh my God, where am I? Like what is going on? And I completely spaced out and didn't remember the first half of the game. Um, it was just like that, something like that. It's like, Whoa, like, that's a little bit scary. <laughs> Those are the two toughest things I can remember. Now, um, we are going to move on from football because you guys were in a big city in, in Tennessee, Memphis. I've been there. I went there for a Grizzlies game. Um, it's a great place to be. Uh, I don't want to mess up the name this time like I did with Connor Choate. Uh, so what is, the, what is the big name street again? It's, it's, it's Beale Street. Beale Street. Beale Street. There we didn't, go. Didn't he go to Memphis? And, uh, Joe, and McBride did too, yeah, right? So, um, so, yeah, so Brady went there for one year. He redshirted and then transferred to Texas State where he's at now. Connor also went there for one year. Uh, transfer now he's at A&M actually starting as a long snapper there so yeah they were there Um, but what what was Beale Street like unbelievable you got to go to Silky O'Sullivan's you got to go to Jerry Lee Lewis I mean there Silky O'Sullivan's they give you this like bucket and it's like Mm -hmm. a bucket of you don't really know what's in it It (laughs) um this is some of like just especially like our junior senior year games like home games after Beale was 10 minutes away from roads right and so the best part about going to school in memphis was that like we were in the heart of the city Mm -hmm. so we were only really 10 minutes away from downtown so it was like such an easy uber out there and then midtown was only five minutes away from us it was like overton square and you had a ton of bars and like Mm -hmm. fun places to go and live music and so i mean beale street it's um it's like the dirty six in austin but (laughs) it's got way more history right Mm -hmm. and it's kind of hard to compare it to any other bar streets but i i would think um it's some of the best absolute best memories there if you're ever in memphis on saint patty's day you got to go to silkies and you got to irish car bomb it up i mean (laughs) (laughs) so so unfortunately when i went i I went for a basketball game with a a football buddy of mine and a basketball buddy of mine uh and we were only there for the night uh we went to i believe it's called central barbecue Um, now you're a texas guy so obviously barbecue is near and dear to your heart uh memphis barbecue texas barbecue which one's better? Uh, Memphis barbecue, barbecue shop, best barbecue I've ever had in my entire life, dude. They get the, you can get a 12 stack of ribs. Mm-hmm. They put like a dry rub seasoning on and it's glazed. It's different, right? So in Memphis, you got the wet kind of barbecue and then in, mm-hmm. like, it's hard to beat the hard eight in Coppell. Like yeah, the hard yeah. eight, like, I mean, that's some of the best barbecue you're going to have um, just from all the options and the way they smoke and grill it. But in my mind, like the Memphis barbecue, the barbecue shop, and then you got the best fried chicken. Um, Gus's world famous fried chicken. They got two locations for it. I mean, I can advocate for Memphis all day, man. I, uh, I've still got a good bit of buddies that live there. I actually got a wedding coming up um, on October 10th, so I'm pumped to get back and see the boys. You go, no, and I, I see it, a lot of people will always back Texas barbecue. You're one of the first to have said, no, nah, Memphis is better. Which I mean, I've had it, I've, I've even gone to KC and had some of their barbecue. Uh, every barbecue is different. It's hard to compare them. It's hard to say one's better than the other. They're all really good. Um, not KC though. No, no, <laughs> they're not in the running. I, I had, I had, the, I had what they called them the burnt ends and it's like the burnt end of briskets. And those were really good. That was okay. pretty much the only thing that I was like, okay, like this sets them apart. They have something that's different that they do different. Um, 
that, now that's, you mentioned no, Drew. No, because that it comes from Austin. The burnt oh, ends. Oh, it does. Well, oh, it's brisket. Re- it actually ordinates out there. Yeah, because it's brisket, and it's the burnt ends on the brisket and stuff. So that's what Buck talks about. Drew is is you can't get burnt ends in Arkansas. And I got you. You can, but they're not the same. Yeah, but that's well, something I mean, you can have when you go to uh, go to some place in Dallas. Austin. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, I, I didn't know that. The best fried chicken. In Memphis, though, it's this place named Uncle Lou's. It's pretty close to the airport. If you're ever in Memphis again, which y'all definitely be at some point, you've got to go to Uncle Lou's. I mean, that's where we would take the recruits there. We would take – I was in a fraternity at Rhodes, and we would take mm-hmm. the pledges there or the guys that were rushing and everything. Like, it's the best, absolute best place to eat. That's something I want to hit on in a second, Ellie, because we don't have Greek life at, at Hendrix. And when you go to Rhodes, uh, I mean, you can just tell that you guys have Greek life. There's just something about yeah, your campus. out yeah, so our coach actually started – he went to Austin College. He started uh, a fraternity at Austin. But that's something we don't know about, like the football players and the Greek life together. We don't really have that at Hendricks, So, like, we don't have that experience. So, I do want to hit on that. But Memphis Barbecue, I have a good friend from Memphis, a teammate. You hear about, you know, if in the area, you know about the rendezvous. But I love talking to the, Mem- the guys who are actually in Memphis because they don't talk about rendezvous. Like, that's, that's for the upper-scale cool. stuff. That's what you're going to hear about, like, on the Travel Channel, right? It's like you hear about the rendezvous, and then, like, Central Barbecue is good, but it kind of almost feels a little bit more like a chain when you're there. Um, but, like, it, but that's what you eat it for four years, and that's where, like, your parents want to go or grandparents come out. That's where, you, like, you usually go. But the hole-in-the-wall places, the barbecue shop and Uncle Lou's, are, and then Gibson's Donuts, there's one right next to Gus's World Famous Fried Chicken on Poplar Avenue. I mean, those are the, the four best spots you got to eat at. So my buddy, he uh, – because, as Drew said, Connor said Central Barbecue was his favorite. Um, commissary – he, he ain't a true Memphian, dude. I mean, I'm not I know. But he was only there for – was he even there a full year? Oh, probably not. I think he was there for at least the first semester, maybe the second semester, but at okay. least the first semester for sure. So, yeah, only like six – no, not even six months, only like a handful of months, like four months. I'm I'm taking Elliot's word for it. Then I'm going. We're going. Uh, <laughs> uh, we That's have no a Gus's in Little. Yeah, we have a Gus's in Little Rock, so we know a little bit about that. But uh, no, Uncle Lou's for sure. And then what was the other place, Elliot? Can you the, remind me? The bar, the barbecue shop. We're it's going. um, All it's right. in Midtown. It's yeah, over. It's on McLean Avenue. It's it's unbelievable. I'll ask my well, buddy about that in just a little bit for sure. Well, you hit on it just a little bit talking about bars. Obviously, we're all over 21, so we can actually talk to you about the bar scene. Um, was there a spot, you mentioned some on Beale Street, but was there a spot maybe closer to Rhodes after a big win, after the goal line stand against us even, uh, that you went to to celebrate the victory? Dude, I, we were kind of old school, especially when we were younger guys on the team. Like, guys like to keep it tight. And so, like, we I, we're in a fraternity, but – like when the football guys, especially like we would just go out together, like football house parties, and so we would we would we love to go like all meet at somebody's house, like an off campus house or something. And then um, the the biggest bar that comes to my mind, it, it it's hard to beat Silky's. Like Silky's, it's this big Irish pub. It's got a huge outdoor back venue, live music every night, um, and they got dueling pianos inside. So you you, you know, Silky's after a big W, and then in the early years, we, we would always try to do a house party, and then. Uh, either, or keep it on campus, but it, we had a good time. For sure. So uh, what was – boy, you, this opens up a whole new world of things. So not only did you do fall camp as a freshman, you had the rush as well. The, what was that like? I mean, that's no, – that's the, They kept it nice, though, for – sorry to interrupt you. Okay. No, you're good. nice, so we didn't – football players, our coach was like, 
if you're going to do a fraternity, you can't do it in the fall. You have to be a spring, a spring pledge. So we waited until the off season. And then when we came back in January, we would start off season in the morning, but we would do, we were pledges then. And I went SAE. Um, but when I joined it, it was, it was the football fraternity. And so it was like, if you're going to join a fraternity, you're going to join this one. Um, and then it kind of morphed and it, it kind of took its own character over the four years that I was there. Um, but Phi Alpha, man, I'll, I'll always be an SAE brother. Is it still that way? Is it still a football centric fraternity? It's not anymore from what I've heard. Um, well, and then Rhodes isn't even on campus right now. They're all online classes. So they're not even meeting or anything right now at all. But when I graduated, it had kind of morphed into guys that played played sports at one point and then ended up quitting those sports and then started recruiting guys that weren't necessarily playing sports at all anymore. And so it was football centric. And then we had lacrosse and then we had baseball guys. And then it, a little bit kind of turned into guys that weren't that serious about their sport anymore, just wanted to hang up the cleats. So I always say first and foremost, it, football always came first and it was fun to be a part of the chapter and be a part of the meetings and everything. And um, it, it definitely opened up a good bit of more doors, like from alumni connections and everything. And we got down and had a good time. But the coolest thing about the fraternity was um, you get to meet a lot of guys on campus and be involved in different things that you wouldn't have necessarily been in. Like football, it's like, oh, football, like a bunch of meatheads. But it was, it was cool to kind of be involved, like within community, different community service things and whatnot with SAE. So it was great. Yeah. Sandy, I don't, I don't think Hendrix is ready for the Greek life, my friend. I mean, I haven't been there. Uh, I think the Greek life would create more problems than are already there at the universe or at the college. Drew, what we, what Hendrix people would tell you is we kind of do have Greek life. It's just not official. I mean, it's, it's football versus where I live, Drew, where I lived and where you would always come to hang out with your freshman mm-hmm. year. That is, it's kind of own Greek little circle. Like the yeah. dorm kind of is its own little Greek life, but yeah, we certainly don't have it that way. And I don't, the, Hendrix and Rhodes differ just a little bit. So I'll give the, this is, I think is a decent example of how to compare the two schools. I was hosting a kid from Little Rock Catholic. He was an offensive lineman. And I remember our, our offensive coordinator came up and told me, Hey, we got to get this guy because he's deciding between us and Rhodes and he's going to be really good. Um, I hosted him and I knew right away, this kid's going to Rhodes because he's, <laughs> he, what was his name? Well, he, he didn't go to Rhodes. Oh. He actually didn't end up going to Rhodes. What he did is, so he had the back, he's Little Rock Catholic. You're a frat kid. I mean, that's what you are, honestly. You have the backwards hat, you know, the, the, the new balances, the ankle socks, not the ankle socks, but <laughs> the higher socks and stuff. I'm like, oh, God, we don't got a chance because he's going to want to go to Rhodes and be in a fraternity. He actually ends up going to Arkansas and rushing and stuff. He, he was, it's kind of like what you're talking about, Elliot. You know, some of these guys, they get here and they're like, I, my football days are done. Like, or they don't take it seriously. They want to party more. That's the reason why I thought we would lose him the roads is because the fraternity life and stuff. Yeah. So that's what I would use it for. for but sure. Millsaps, they had really – I mean, they had like 1,200 kids, man, and they really got down in Greek life. Like, they would hang their letters up on the back walls, and I know their football players are involved. Swanee, them boys definitely had Greek life. Like, it was – it just depended on the school, right? Um, but – and I knew you might not you, – you might remember – uh, Drew, Connor Joplin, the little Joplin yeah. boys. Mm-hmm. So they all ended up going to Millsaps. And so yeah. I knew them pretty well as well, just from uh, some of the guys I knew at Coppell. And uh, and they were involved too. So yeah. 
you know, there's some dudes. Do you remember uh, Ben Robin or do you know, remember Coach Robinson? The he was the physics um, teacher. So he had a his middle son Ben Robinson went to Trinity University. Sorry, this okay. is but he went to Trinity and he played safety for mm-hmm. um, Trinity and he was a dog. He yeah. he could play, but just thinking D three. But uh, yeah. Whoa. What were you saying, Sandy? One thing we love to do, Elliot, at Hendrix, when I was still there, is we love to go to volleyball games. We love to go to different sporting events because we have a little more time on our hands than some of the Division One players that we talk to. Uh-huh. Um, now, Rhodes, your other athletics are a little better than ours. Now, I was at a game this year where we had a player, a men's basketball player, go for 61 on y'all, and we won conference that year, but we didn't win the tournament. But actually, no, we finished second to center because freaking center's – center um but y'all are probably all around might have the best athletic department in the conference uh i have some good friends who played field hockey and lacrosse who have a lot of beef with y'all because you guys just beat the hell out of us in those sports (laughs) and soccer too man y'all are so good uh were there any sports that you guys really like going to watch in the off season or maybe after practice in the falls yeah um well i wouldn't say with football Really, only there wasn't too much going on like after our practices. But in the spring, I would always keep up with the lacrosse boys, especially with the fraternity. Um, Tony Ryan Gruber was a dog, and then we keep up with baseball too because it's so beautiful out in the spring. Um, and then there was a good bit of basketball guys that we knew too, so it was fun to keep up with them. But yeah, they, I mean, they they could play, and then I knew a bunch of the golf guys as well. And the girls' golf program won the division one title for Rhodes, like two of the four years I was there. Um, and then the head coach for the girls team was actually the old head football coach. Um, so he's the man. And then the golf guys, they could compete too. And there's not a huge difference between like the D3 golfers and the D1 golfers. I You can only shoot so low. Like if it's in yeah. the low <laughs> – I, I high 70s like that's an amazing shot so <laughs> like boys can play yeah your uh no, your girls yeah. basketball team was very good too they had a player that we she's from russellville arkansas and she ended up i think she's going down as like your all-time points leader maybe i'm not sure but she had a really historic career and they celebrated her on the senior day that we were at but do i mean yeah again i'm just jealous of your the campus life because the campus is so pretty you have all these extracurricular events. I, th- I think Sunday Sunday volleyball, volleyball normally played like at noon. So you can go watch a volleyball game and then you'd have film, uh, you know, post-game workout, whatever you want to call it and stuff, et cetera. Yeah. But that, that was just like the life of a D3 athlete kind of was, you know, you don't have many outside fans coming in to watch y'all. So the athletic department, it, it's kind of like its own other. little family. 100%. Yeah. And you support yeah. each other. Um, I Now, if you ask my teammates – they hated playing at Rhodes. They didn't really like the stadium. I personally like the stadium that y'all play at. It's kind of cool. Like, you have a big home stand. There's no away stand. But yeah. it's I like playing at it for whatever reason. Now, unfortunately, like, you guys didn't have – you don't have a ton of fans there the last time we played there. But I, I like the environment for sure. So, Rhodes – we obviously don't like Rhodes. But y'all have a lot of good things going for you. I'll say that. Yeah. I mean, they, I mean at the end of the day, I'm – I could care less if the only two people there in the stands were my parents. My parents <laughs> came out to most of the games, which was awesome. Um, you didn't play for the people in the stands. You're playing for the guys in the locker room, playing for your teammates, <clears throat> playing for your brothers, man. Um, I didn't care if nobody I, – I, at first it bothered me. I was like, why don't more students come to the games? 
But honestly, it was because they would be tailgating so hard. Like, you would see – so, Rhodes is a wet campus, and I knew Hendricks – wasn't Hendricks in, like, a – aren't y'all in a dry county? Yeah. Oh, brutal, man. Because it, 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 at Rhodes, you could walk around – my four years there, you could walk around with an open container on campus, which was awesome. And so, the, at, at school – or even during the game. So like people would tailgate it really hard. And then after halftime, most of the fans wouldn't come back. And so <laughs> we'd have to keep them updated with how the game. <laughs> yeah. No, now, Sandy, I want to ask you something. Cause we got to give some, some roads hate before we go. What does coach Buck always uh, call um, the roads mascot? Souped up Bobcat. Oh, it comes from a yeah. skit. It comes from an old skit and I can't remember what it is, but that's what we call it. Go get a souped up Bobcat. A links so i don't i'll have to find out where that it's from and i'll have drew send it to you elliot but yeah that's that's kind of what we call roads yeah. it's nothing derogatory i, I mm-hmm. again i just know that that's something you will always remember it's a souped up bobcat no one knows what it is but <laughs> well it's not even just remembering what it is it's it's hearing it in coach buck's voice i think that's it, yeah. the we all have roll that coach roll, yeah, baby. that's the big thing links roll. yep i mean we we got yeah i, I love being a lynx cat <laughs> for sure but drew he said it best ellie did go. you know it doesn't matter how many people are there you play for your friends and that's one thing i think you learned to i guess kind of end on this you see the professional sports uh currently in the college players there aren't many uh games where you have fans in the stands and they're like oh it kills the environment and all that but us as d3 we are very uh I wouldn't say humbled per se, but we know that that's not why you play. So like when I hear these people saying it's not the same and I honestly wouldn't want to play without the fans, I'm like, dude, you're, then you don't love the game. You really don't because I would go out there and play with nobody there but my teammates and, and I would love doing it. I that's, agree that. yep, that's what it's all about. And it's, it's really nice to hear someone else say that too. Cause I didn't, maybe I'm crazy. I don't know, but <laughs> Elliot said it too. So I'm not, but of all the people we've interviewed on the show, I think this was the most fun, Elliot, because, you know, you and I had a lot of shared experiences. We've actually been on the field together. You broke my heart. Uh, we kind of reciprocated the favor the next year, but I Worse mean, than that, I mean, it was 55, 54 and then y'all hung a burger on us. That was wrong. So, so Elliot, something that we always like to do to end our podcast, uh, we've added a question. So we're now at three questions that we always like to end with kind of on a loose note here. Uh, the first question if you had the choice, would you rather be able to run 100 miles per hour or be able to fly at 20 miles per hour? All right, I'm going to say running 100 miles an hour. And I'm going to give a reference here. I don't know if y'all have seen it. Just released it on Amazon Prime. The show's named The Boys. You know, y'all seen it? Mm-hmm. it? It's fire. You got to check it out. But A-Train, A-Train moves. That's his, his superpower is that he runs super fast. So I've been checking that out. So I'll, I'll, I'll A-Train. <laughs> no 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 so the second question this is where it kind of gets a little uh you want to say controversial i guess um now this is a hypothetical situation um doesn't have to be the head coach can be any of your coaches they have a daughter that's you know your age maybe you're younger you're older whatever uh, is she off limits to date 100 percent. yeah <laughs> you don't you open the door for her but you don't talk to her for too long because i mean at the end of the day it's coaches okay. Right. And so I, I just think about, yeah. think about it from this perspective, Kirk McBride, he had a baby girl. I mean, 15 mm-hmm. years from now, nobody's going to be able to talk to coach McBride's daughter if they're on the football team. That's, <laughs> that's not an option. Like, no, are you kidding me? It's just out of respect. hundred percent out of respect. No, I mean, it, it well, totally, Drew, I was totally going to say it's, it's like, a, it's a great paradox because 
the coach, it seems like you don't want any of your players touching your daughter. But at the same time, the way that he's raised her, you that kind of guy would want a football player today. Like the football player is the kind of guy that you would want her to end up with. So it's like a great paradox there. But yeah, for sure, it, we don't want to be the sacrificial yeah. lambs here. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, imagine if something bad happened or you had a fallen out yeah. and then your playing time goes down the drain. Not worth it. Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's definitely it's definitely not worth it. But let me ask you if this one's worth it. Again, hypothetical situation. I'm not asking for anyone's specific sister, but our teammate sisters off limits to date. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I've been having this. Well, I have a younger sister and she's a, a year above you, Drew. Um, mm-hmm. But like teammate sister, it messes with the team chemistry, right? And so like you don't want anything to happen and then there to be rift in the locker room because of it. Mm-hmm. And then it just, it, and then it go. if you aren't on the same team, then that's a completely different story. But I don't know. I think it's off limits. I don't know. I think it depends on the sport. I was a football guy, basketball guy, football. I can see the little gray area. Um, You know, obviously if, you know, from my perspective, I'm not dating anyone's any inside linebackers safeties, because if I run a a route over the middle, my head will be taken off. I got a, I got a bounty on my head. Um, You know, obviously I don't want to mess with anyone that's on the same side of the ball as me can, can make things go bad. So I think there's, there's definitely lines that you cannot cross. And like you said, it's all about, Elliot's a team guy. He doesn't want to mess with the coaches. He doesn't want to mess with the, the teammates. He's there no. for them. He's trying to he's trying to be the best teammate he can be. He's trying to get W's, man, and try to do it, <laughs> do it and have fun, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, but no, that's all the time we have today, Elliot. Man, thank you for coming on. We had a blast. Sandy, do you have any last words for him? That's it, man. I mean, that's that's probably the most fun I've had in an interview, and it's with the Rhodes guy. Who would have thought? Uh, who would have thought, man? Hey, I really appreciate you bringing me on, boys. I had a great time as well. Um, we definitely am excited to uh, hear come out, man. Y'all, y'all have a good one, all right? And that does it with our, for our interview with Elliot. Again, we had a great time with this interview. It was fun to talk to someone that had similar experiences to Sandy and I, but had different experiences at the same time. So that was really fun. But if you guys want to hear more of our college interviews that we do with other athletes, football, volleyball, etc., or you guys want to listen to our weekly episodes, go to Splitting Uprights at Apple, Spotify, or anywhere else you guys find your podcast. Go ahead and hit the subscribe button while you're there. We'd love it if you guys did. It'd really mean a lot to us. But if you guys want to see more daily content that we post, go to Splitting Ups on Twitter. Check us out there. Thank you guys for listening. I said